Hello, Jan. How is it going? Hey, how are you? I'm doing very well, very well. It's still COVID, but it's things hopefully are getting better. And I'm looking for the Olympic Games, you know, right? So a lot of my uh, athletes are, you know, qualified already, which is good, you know. A lot of needs to still qualify, but it's a, it's a good time because they are starting step by step to compete again. Awesome. That's that's great to hear. I guess before the session, we were talking about a few of your athletes qualifying. That's amazing. Um, before that, did you, over the lockdown, the last year, how did you work with your athletes? Like, uh, I mean... We work mainly online. Uh, fortunately enough, really, the athletes, be because I'm the uh, mental uh, coach for the Czech Olympic top team, which is like 60 athletes, you know, with chances basically to be at the podium. So they, they get special treatment, special coaches and so on. I coach around 30 on 101. Other than that, we do, you know, some seminars. We did a couple of seminars when it was still allowed, like face-to-face. -face. And since that time, everything is online. And those athletes, they have at least, you know, in my country, ability to train in South Africa or Tenerife Canarian or uh, in California, right? But, but it's almost all is like, you know, online. And, uh, and this is it. I mean, I have uh, people like Patrick Schick, who is now one of the best players in Bundesliga, before that he was playing for AS Rome. So we were always like online and whenever there was like, you know, break for the national team matches that he was in Prague or somewhere else in London, we met, you know, there. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it is, uh, you know, tougher, you know, but it, it's doable obviously because I mean, if you know each other, online connection, like you are in India, now I'm in Prague, we, we, we talk very, in a very you know good way, so it's a it's not a big big issue. Sure, sure, yeah. I mean uh, that's what we felt like. Everyone in the sports industry, especially with coaching and mentoring, they all went online. Zoom. We had even a lot of online fitness sessions and everything. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. We have like friend of mine. She she is a winner of Dancing with the Stars competition. You probably know it from the UK. And she is doing a lot of courses. She was, you know, based on Tenerife on Canary and she was doing all the time like dancing courses for the kids, you know. Yeah. I mean, what can we do, right? We need to, you know, overcome that and hopefully it's gonna to get better. Sure. Yes. Hopefully. And uh, okay, so let us get started. Uh, we can I'd love to know about your journey. How did you you grew up in Czech Republic? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was at that time Czechoslovakia because the, the, that country was split in Czech and Slovakia after the revolution in the 19th. I was a professional tennis player like you. Wow. <laughs> I, I played in the era when Ivan Lendl was playing. Ivan is two years older than me, you know, and, uh, but I was not that good. And, but I also, I love tennis, but I also love very much computers, okay? Okay. So I decided afterwards, you know, to study computer engineering. And basically, I stopped to play professionally. I was still, I'm doing like sport, I'm running, you know, doing a lot of like walking, exercising every day. And, and then I worked for four years, uh, you know, for the, uh, in the public sector, two years before the changes happened and two years after the changes. Then I worked for two years for a small startup, but very successful. 
And when Microsoft opened their subsidiaries in places like Hungary, Poland, Russia, Czech Republic, I joined, you know, Microsoft. And I spent like seven years in Czech and Slovak operation. And then I was like running Central Eastern Europe, then public sector. And then I was a chairman for Microsoft Europe for eight years, you know, right? And it was interesting. My In my first international job, my team was four years in a row, best performing team for Microsoft worldwide, when Microsoft was the biggest company, you know, at the stock exchange. It's like winning Olympic games four yeah. times in a row. So uh, while I was uh, very successful in my career, unfortunately in 2011 and 2012, I've got deeply depressed, okay? And for six months, I was out of my job. For three months, I was in the mental hospital and I almost died. It was so bad, you know, right? And I learned about my brain so much. Whenever, you know, I was, you know, on the top, but also when I, when, you know, the things were not going well. So I learned so much about my brain. I spent another three years in, in Microsoft, like working in Microsoft was very nice to me. It did not happen because somebody was pushing me, but I was not having enough mental rest. If, to, if we talk about the sport, in sport, you train or you compete and then you have recovery. Recovery in business is very often taken as a weakness. Ah, he needs to, you know, recover. He needs to have a rest. Not good, you know, right? He's a wimpy guy, whatever, you know, right? And what's exactly happening in my brain? So I was like, my brain was still up and running, up and running. And then I basically failed. I fully recovered, but obviously now, because I know exactly how brain works and I did so many different trainings and I have so much, you know, experience from, uh, you know, my uh, enterprise, uh, you know, era, uh, I'm coaching like top managers, but in a sense, it's similar like, you know, top athletes, right? Because if you are, if you are one of the best in the world, like a top, you know, executive, the, 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 the pressure is huge. It's like with the, with the athletics, you know, right? Uh, and then, you know, basically it was interesting because I was like sitting in a couple of boards after I left Microsoft and I was coaching, you know, top executives doing some special courses. Like I have a course which I taught in like more than 20 countries called Unlock human potential and i i was doing like presentations at different universities like you know cambridge and you know uh, uh imperial college where i am now in the advisory board i'm the entrepreneur residence at insert you know right i do i do seminars and courses at places like you know harvard or you know mit or stanford so uh, a lot of a lot of like academical if you will uh, activity also but then I started my first, you know, uh, athlete I started to coach was David Svoboda, who was an Olympic Games winner in modern pentathlon. Okay. And then we became, you know, friends. And, you know, basically now we are teaching some courses. He, he basically finished his career. And we are teaching some courses together. And, and then I, I gave some presentation to, to top athletes in my country. And that's how I became the mental coach for the top team, you know, for the top Olympic Games team. It was just like four years ago. Now I coach also some, you know, foreigners, not only uh, people in my country. And then last but not least, I would, you know, forget, uh, we created with my, you know, colleague with Katarina course called Unlocking Children Potential, which is quite unique. We will, re we will reveal the talents of those, you know, kids. 
and helping them how they work with those talents and after school activities during the sport in the school and and, and etc yeah and i wrote the best-selling book uh, the positive leader which is now in seven languages and the other one which, which is in czech language unlocking children's potential but it will now be translated in the in english and other languages and we're just finalizing another book family as a team which is interesting we are looking at the family as a, as a team, both like enterprise and the sport. So I do, I do many activities, but sport is a huge part of that. And when I was leaving Microsoft, I was like, okay, I will do like, you know, business. I will, you know, coach some people and et cetera. But I would never say that I would coach, you know, uh, athletes and I would uh, work with the kids, you know, that's, that's something, you know, unique. And I really enjoy it because you know what? Your brain works the same way, like whether you are in, in your job or you are doing some sport, it's still your brain. And mental toughness, which is your ability to produce great performance during, you know, tough conditions, under the tough conditions, it, it, this is still there, you know. So uh, that, that's why I'm kind of the excited, you know, what, what a human brain can do. Awesome. That's, uh, that's a wonderful journey till now it uh, i was having a look at your profile it's unbelievable and uh, <laughs> i I'd, I'd love to know yeah, you you uh, played tennis professionally obviously not at the level of uh, ivan lendel but no. you i um, you definitely were able to use a lot of things you learned from tennis to make it yeah. to the top in microsoft right absolutely absolutely um first uh you are on your own. People think that, you know, hey, if you are, you know, on the top, a lot of people will help you. It's true, but you need to, you know, make your decisions. You are on your own. Humans are not, you know, defined by environment. They are defined by their decisions. So you need to take decisions. So it's like at the court, you have a coach, fine. Coach can help you, but you need to take decision. What kind of the, you know, what, what you will play, right? So that's number one. Number two, I would say that, you know, in tennis and in your life, you play till the last ball. If you play soccer, football, as we say, football mm -hmm. in Europe, you, you are like losing 10-0. It's probably there are almost no chances that you can change it, right? You know, in tennis, it can be 0-6, 0-5, 0-40. You can still win, you know, right? so that you play till the last ball and the last but not least and that's also my experience because I did not have enough mentors and that's why I collapsed that's why I got a deep depression that that time between the balls is as much as important as the time when you play the balls you know right because you need to you need to concentrate if you see like I met Rafa and I talked to him a bit you know two years ago at the US Open one and a half year ago and the way what he's doing, like, vamos, you know, right? It's like getting back into the present moment. It is a key. Because if you take Rafael Nadal, uh, Djokovic, you know, Novak Djokovic or uh, uh, Federer, Roger Federer, they are able to forget about the previous ball. Whether they won the ball, whether they lost the ball, does not matter. Because you need to play this ball. It's the same in fencing, you know, right? It's the same in judo, whatever. You need to concentrate on that specific, you know, ball because this is the most important. Whatever is the past, is the past. But very often that past, whether successful or, you know, uh, not successful, 
is still sitting in our brain and that's why we are not able to concentrate be here and now and that's why we start to lose you know right so that's uh that's kind of you know learning it's it's like it is you know uh it is simple you know to get to the present moment but not easy at all simple is not easy no because it's like it's simple to say you need to get back your brain needs to be here now you know right but it's not easy because you know uh, amygdala the emotional part of the brain that part of the brain is six to ten times faster then your logical part of the brain. So you can logically say, hey, you know what? I need to be in the present moment, but your amygdala is still going back. You, you screwed up. You, you lost that game. You lost that smash, you know, right? Whatever. And you need to get, you know, back into the present moment. One reason why Rafa is doing like those kind of the rituals, you know, uh, the, the combing the hairs and, you know, moving the T-shirt, whatever. This is helping him to get back to the present moment, definitely. Uh, th- this is it, right? Because if you are in the present moment, you have no doubts, no fears, no stress, because you are here and now. All fears are from something which happened in the past or something which may happen. Because all athletes and all people, in fact, they are equipped by two fantastic tools, memory and imagination. It can play in your favor if you are like visualize that you are winning. It can play against you if you are like if you are like oh now I screwed up and I'm visualizing you know I'll screw it up again you know because that that you know he's catching up it, it it's it's not good. Uh, I mean there is always like one battle if we talk about tennis one battle at the court and the other battle is in your brain basically that's that's what is happening. Right. Yeah. Definitely. I mean. I've fought so much trying to battle uh, the with the brain during my time, like during tournaments, well, during training. And this is definitely tennis is like chess, you know. Definitely. So yeah, when you mentioned staying in the moment, right? So the immediate thought that came to my head was, yeah, while playing tennis, and you after the matches or you listen, you hear your psychologist or mentor saying, stay in the moment. You can you directly try to implement it while you're playing, right? So because you right. can start taking it point by point, you can start focusing, like you said, on rituals. When you bring this thing in the moment to the corporate context, there's you're not getting immediate results. Where in tennis you realize that okay, I didn't focus on the present, and that's why I lost this point or I lost this game. So the next game or next match or next point, you can start focusing on the present. But in the corporate context, how do you realize that you're not staying in the present because mm-hmm. you're not getting immediate results? Yeah. Uh, I uh, need to realize that our brain is not reacting. Our brain is predicting, okay? Your brain, like something is happening around you, okay? Uh, your senses will bring that experience to you but your brain is not reacting immediately on that experience that would cost brain a lot of energy. Your brain is trying to find out in your memory some experience which you lived through already so that it's a less energy because your brain needs to budget water, uh, you know, sugar and etc. For, for your body. That, that's what he, right? If you play tennis, for example, okay, your opponent 
will you know play like forehand it's so it the, the ball is flying and you already in in your brain because you played so many you know uh forehands like that you know right your brain is trying to figure out what is the best photo from the past okay more you are in the present moment better chances you've got that you are taking the best photo for you okay if you are not in the present moment your you know mind is not reflecting reality that's buddha was saying the same thing you know right and if if you are not reflecting your reality you are not you know playing in the best way right because if you if you take brain of the people like Ronaldo or Federer, they are playing 90% of the time in so-called zone, which is uh, in psychology, they call it flow. Flow are moments when it's very difficult for you. On the other hand, you are at your best. And in the flow, your brain is on eight to 12 Hertz, the, 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 the speed of your, the, the frequency of your brain, which means that you are like here and now, and your brain is like cooling down. And that's why, you can decide in the best way. Now, in the corporate world, the truth is that you don't have, here you have immediate feedback because you like, there is another ball, another ball, another ball. In the corporate, what I, because for some people in corporate, like mindfulness, it's too esoteric, okay? Because mindfulness is like being in the present moment, you know, uh, uh, right? Watching and, you know, sensing what is happening around you and not judging anything. That's the mindfulness, right? Mindfulness, it's like being here and now and observing what you do, but no judgment, okay? So I started to call it, it's a similar thing, you know, TMT, total mental training, because it sounds like for the corporate, <laughs> but it's more or less the same. I can drink that water automatically, or I can have a sip, you know, and basically feel what is happening, you know, in my body, right? And more people will start to be like mindful what they are doing. They perform better because they are here and now. Because they figure out, there is a study from McKinsey. They figure out general numbers. Okay, those are general numbers, both for sports and the business. If people are in the flow, they are 500% more productive. They are 450% learning fast, which is in corporate, by the way, very important to learn because you know your competitors are not sleeping. And they are 400% more creative. Now they ask obviously question, why is that? Why we can be 500% more productive, 450% learn faster, 400% more creative. You know why? Because if you are here and now in the present moment, if you are mindful, all senses are involved, okay? And there is something we call in psychology embodied experience, which means that you, you are basically the part of the, there's a great book from uh, my friend, Tim Galloway, Inner Game of Tennis. I don't know if you, if you, have, you, you know the book, right? Tim talks exactly about the same thing. You, you, you play one you know, match externally and the other match is happening in, in your brain. And I think more people will be mindful, even in the corporate, right? They'll do better jobs because the, the issue I tell you is, what is the issue? Your amygdala, because it's so fast, it's telling you that everything what is urgent is important and it's not true. It's a BS, it's not true, you know, right? So you need to, more you are in the present moment, you can figure out what is really important and what is not important, right? Because I think, and I was in corporate for 22 years, I think people are still doing so many things which are, you know, 
not argent, right? Which are sorry, which are argent, but not 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 important at all. But that argent is like pushing your brain. Hey, you need to do it, right? The best, you know, players or the best business leaders are doing things which are not urgent momentarily, but are very important. That's how you can use, you know, optimally your brain. Because if it's not urgent but important, that means that you are not under the pressure, you are not under the stress, and that's why you can get easier in the flow, learn faster, be more, you know, productive, right? But there is so many things which, in my view, business can learn from sport, right? Uh, like, you know, if you, if you think about it, recovery, right? Because recovery is like science today in sport, right? Not necessarily in, in, the, in the business, right? Uh, so recovery for sure. Then obviously like, you know, uh, the athletes are, you know, like, like in the past, people were hunting, having a rest, hunting, having a rest. People in the business hunting, 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 and there's a burnout or depression, like in my case, right? Athletes are like, you know, training, rest, training, rest. So recovery is, you know, one. Then the other one is obviously all that sense of like never give up, you know, like endurance and all of all of that, that stuff. Obviously, they can, you know, I think athletes can learn also some stuff from the business. What I also realize, I have some athletes. Uh, who basically are moving to kind of the normal day-to-day -day life, who are like, you know, finishing their career. And they are very afraid of the corporate world. They, they overestimate people in corporations. And I'm always telling those athletes, hey, you have really like endurance, you have mental toughness. You have like that never, you know, give up. You have that grit, right? Everything, which is very important, you know, right? Because today, if we think about the craft, about the what, what I you know call IQ, you can you know learn. If you will go and work in some company, you can learn. You know, how, and you you are a good thinker. You can learn fast. You know, right? But those all emotional intelligence and everything, you know, mental toughness. That that's good. What it, what athletes can bring from the sport, absolutely. Mm, definitely. So I guess what happens is maybe in my perspective is, yes, we know that we have this, you know, mental toughness, grit, uh, determination, and the never give, give up attitude. But then we see, you know, the top corporates, you know, the words they use, and we haven't really trained in terms of, we're not really trained in terms of communication, in terms of the language and so many of these things, and maybe they get overwhelmed or they probably think that, oh no, I don't know this much. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's kind of sometimes you know corporate language is a bullshit bingo, right? It's oh, those are all of those acronyms. I mean, I was using them also, but it's like you will probably each and every company got like 200, 300 acronyms. If you learn them, you are fine. You know, right? Right. It it is true. It is true. On the other hand, there is always like you know. Uh, uh, if th those corporations are hiring new people, they have like new hire act and, you know, making sure there is a, you know, the, the, the process that they are, you know, getting step-by-step -step part of those teams and so on. I think now it, it's, uh, it is quite good, you know, right. And, and to be honest, look, if I'm the corporate leader uh, and I have chance to like pick up somebody from sport and somebody who is not from the sport, 
and they are the same. I would rather pick up probably somebody from sport because of that endurance and ability never, to never give up and so on. And it, it doesn't need to be like top, you know, athletes or whatever. If people are sporting, you know, they have a sport is a good, even if you are, you know, in enterprise, right? So it, it is a good for your career, absolutely. Sure, sure. So I wanted to actually uh, go back to one of the things when you spoke about recovery, right? So when it, I'm always trying to mix sports with the corporate thing uh, over here. So in sport, let's say tennis, like you said, you train, recover, train, recover. But let's say people at your positions, uh, you know, the top management or even, you know, middle management, when you say recovery, it's not really a physical thing, right? So no, I was, yeah. yeah, I was having enough physical recovery because I was like, you know, running and sporting, and then I got a recovery. But my brain, even during this, you know, running or when I was in sauna or getting, you know, massage, my brain was always working, always right. always thinking. You know what I mean, right? right. That this is right. it, and you need to basically cut it. Once I started to meditate do things like yoga, tai chi, you know, I, I really, you need to learn how to not think, you know, right? Mm -hmm. You learn all, all, you know, alive how to think and how to think fast, but you need in order to, you know, uh, have this capacity to still think, you need to learn how to not think. Because depression, what, what is happening in depression, your brain is de depleted. There is like no serotonin, all of those hormones, which are causing you to be happy you know, like endorphin, serotonin, the stuff like that, is depleted from your brain. And antidepressants, they should restart your brain. But in my case, they, they only like fourth uh, of the antidepressants started to work. It didn't work, you know, at all, because I, it was so bad, you know, right? So that, that's, the, that's the, I think that's the issue that you, you wanna stay like, even though you are successful, you want to have a more success, more success. And yeah. you are, you are to, to use some tennis terms, it's like playing tennis against the wall. Mm. The wall will beat you. At some point, yeah. the wall is better than Roger Federer. Okay. So yeah. easy as it is. So, and that's exactly what happened to me. People don't actually believe that because they haven't reached that position. So, right. I'm not, I was never chairman of Microsoft. So it's what happens is I, I guess people think that, oh no, maybe they don't really internalize what the people say about these things because they, they see that, oh no, I haven't reached there. So I, I still don't know if that, what you're saying is, let's say true because they not being able to relate to it. So it's like people say that, oh, even if you buy a Ferrari, after two days, you're going to still get back to how it was normal. You're not going to be extra happy or something of that sort, right? So that is one of the things that people aren't internalizing it, that yeah. it is not about always going after the next thing and the next no, thing. It, it, it is not. Look, and, and to be fair, like I was for 20 years living in small village. Up to the 20 years old, I was living in small village. Hey, hey. They almost fired me during first year at the university. They almost fired me. Okay. And my first job, I was receptionist at the, you know, youth hostel. 
So it's not about your school. It's not about, you know, the place you were born on education or whatever. And it's not about the first job. But what is it? It is about, you know, your ability to learn and be, I'm, you know, very curious person. So I learn and I'll meet it out, you know, a lot of books and I'm learning, I'll be 60 in less than one year. I'm learning a lot from YouTube, from, you know, different speakers. And I'm not saying that I'm the, I think I'm quite smart person. Otherwise, I would not be eight years, you know, chairman in Microsoft Europe. But, but I think I'm not the smartest person in the world. But what I can do, take the thoughts of the other smart people, put them together, and look at it from the different, you know, angle. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's quite, you know, unique. And for example, when I was working with Bill Gates for like ten years, whenever I travel with him. I was always putting down everything what needs to be done, or I was kind of the follow up, like 14 meetings a day. That was kind of the day to day. But then on one A4, I still have those notes. I was putting there like how Bill Gates was doing the notes or how he was speaking, how he was negotiating, learning simply from the best. And that's in my view makes a difference. And then the other thing is I would never, I met him first time when I was 31 years old and I could easily say, and we had a talk, and I could easily say, I'm not going to never be that good as him. I didn't say that. I was like, hey, I'm 31 and I'm already working with, with Bill Gates. Fuck you, you know, right? And this is it, you know, right? That's the, that's, the, that's the difference between what Carol Dweck calls, you know, fixed mindset that you are like, you know, beaten or growth mindset. You, you try to be every, you know, day, better version of yourself. Yeah, right. And what I do, for example, with my athletes, I'm like, whatever is the result, whether you are winning, losing, doesn't matter. You need to remind what was going well, remind so that, you know, synapses in your brain are connected stronger. You need to repair what was not going very well. So you need to learn from it and you need to imagine in how you are going to play it in the future. And, and then your question, look, if you meet Bill Gates, when I was like 31 years old, I met the guy who was, you know, the richest person in the world. For me, money, and, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I, have, I don't need to work. I'm like economically independent or whatever. But money cannot, but from, you know, once you cover the basic needs, the money cannot be purpose of your life, okay? If, if you are making of... A lot of money through the purpose of your life. That's fine. Like Bill Gates, you know, computer at every desk. And that's how he, you know, built such big, you know, uh, uh, company and, and, and became the richest person in the world. Right. But, but this is it. The, the purpose in your life needs to be something which will inspire you, which you have like emotional connection to. Right. It's like Roger Federer. He doesn't need to play tennis for probably 15 years already. Okay. He's 39, he's still playing because he got a lot of emotional connection. Obviously, he's making through that laugh to the tennis, he's making a lot of money. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. But if it would be just the money, if my purpose would be just the money, that's exactly what you said. After two, three days, Ferrari is just another car, you know, right? And w- when I studied the, the most successful people, and with some of them, like with Bill Gates, I had a chance to even work. You know, the, the happiest people are those, listen now, and you, the, the, the people, you know, following the, the podcast, the happiest people are those who can make happy somebody else through something they love. Okay. One more time. Who can make happy somebody else 
through something they love, you know, right? Those are singers. It's Roger Federer, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, just, just you know, mentioned, right? Because obviously you, you have emotional connection to software or to hardware, whatever, you know, or tennis, and you are making uh, through your, you know, love, you are making somebody else happy. That's the biggest happiness. And I tell you why, because our brain is wired since, you know, our predecessors, since the history to help each other. The reason why humankind is ahead of the other species is the fact that we cooperated together. This is it, right? We cooperated together. And why? Because our brain, for some reason, is really wired to help to each other. So if you help somebody, serotonin is, you know, released in your brain and you feel good, you know, right? And, and if you say, say, hey, that's great, you know, more serotonin is released and then you are becoming friends, then oxytocin, which is the, uh, the hormone of love and the, and, and, and the trust, you know, is, is released, right? So th this is, how is it? I mean, I, I was never like, my goal was never, hey, I will be Microsoft executive, I will be there, 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 no. I love, you know, the journey. And if you love journey, you don't know where you will end up. You know, maybe you are winning Olympic games. Maybe, maybe you are European champion. Maybe you are, you know, world champion. You know, you don't know simply, right? But you need to like your journey. And on the journey, like, I have a one, you know, uh, very good, you know, tennis player now. Yerela Hetska is like number, uh, he, he jumped by in one year by 350, I think 295 now. But anyway, he's like 19 years old and good is like able to beat 120 already, you know, uh, those those kind of the, that, that kind of the level. And I was telling him, look, we will not talk about winning Wimbledon when, when you are 23, whatever. Here is the journey. On that journey, there are some grand slams, you know, we, you will win them. We don't know, you know, when exactly. At some day, you will move more. Someday you will move, you know, less. But this is it. You need to like your journey. Yes. Yeah. So when you mentioned the happiness part of it and, you know, giving and helping others and making them happy, right. when it comes to competitiveness, I feel there's a sort of a mismatch where you want to do whatever it takes for yourself to make it right. to the top. But you have to do it through helping others. So how do you find that balance? So I know what so, you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. And I, I will again, you know, use Roger Federer, which I think can be a great model role for the other players, right? Roger Federer is fierce for competitive. That's clear, you know, right? He's really, you know, fighting like a hell. But he is the most popular player still among, you know, others because he's like friendly. The one thing is you, you playing like if you play with your friends, right? And if you are on the tour, if you are like for six, eight, eight months, you're still meeting same like 120, you know, 200 people all the time, all the time. And, the, and, and you're like, you know, your circle is probably like 30 people. You better be, we have a better have friendly relationship with them, right? And I, and I think this is, this is it, because very often today, what I like, today athletes, for example, they are having like, you know, get, they are getting ready together. Like I, I, I work with the Czech national fencing team 
and they train with the with the people from five different you know countries together right so getting better together right or my my guy sasha he's you know in italy and it, italian you know coach he's training one italian guy who won recently olympic games you know like in rio sasha and another american so there are like three guys and they will you know they will compete with each other on at the olympic games for sure you know but they still have a friendly relationship that's how i you know uh feel it is and then you know what uh, what i what i feel like when people after they like retire from the sport and then they 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 meet together they have nice memories you know like the, the how they were you know competing i see it also in football you know right in in all sports right it doesn't mean i think the, the that like happiness and kind of the friendship doesn't mean that I will not fight with the other guy during the sport. Even like if you take like box, which is very physical, those guys usually, not all of them, but usually they are, you know, nice to each other, you know, because they know how hard the other person is working, you know, right? And that, that's good. And I that, that's what I think sport is kind of the good training for the real life, you know, right? That's because, you know, right? In, in life, you also like compete. It's, it's the same. Like, I mean, I've got, obviously I was also competing a lot with the other companies, but I would like never be that guy who would come and not talk to our competitors or whatever, you know, right? Uh, and, 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 and as a matter of the fact today, while I am like forever, like former Microsoft chairman, I'm talking at the events, you know, of the other companies. I was recently invited by HP, you know, Google and so on. I'm not talking about like technology. So it's, it's a general thing and, and so on, which is nice, you know, right? So, I, and I think uh, even like IT, IT industry, IT industry in general, 20 years ago was very competitive. Mm. We, we, used to, we used to use like military terms, you know, right, and stuff like that. I think it's gone. That, that, that industry is also getting adult, you know, right? Uh, we sometimes behave like teenagers, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> while talking about our competitors and everybody, everybody, right? But now it's, uh, it's more like adult and, you know, it, which is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So here it, it depends, like, you know, when there's cutthroat competition, when there's a small pie, then there's obviously a lot more of, you know. Exactly. 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 And, uh, and uh, that's what we were always talking. Let's make the pie bigger and then we can go meet, you know, right? This is it. Yeah. Great. So individual sports or team sports, you can take lessons, learnings from both. But if given a choice, where do you think you can learn the most from? Uh, this is interesting. If you're planning to go to the... Obviously, okay. after, there's like a 0.1% chance that you can really make it to uh, the top. So if you are going to go to the yeah, corporate yeah. Uh, sector after. This, this, is, this is interesting because I was doing like individual sport. And where is it good that you, you really like you are on your own, even in the corporate. So you are kind of, hey, you know, I'm like independent. I'll make decision go. But. If you wanted to be a good team player, and that's what I learned in, in Microsoft, you need to be interdependent, you know, right? Interdependence means like you, you are 
independent but interdependent to each other you know right and that's i think the 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 team sports are great for that okay in fact i have a two days ago i've got a guy who is like one of the best you know polish uh, soccer teams he's originally from czech republic but uh, he is playing there and then they qualify in four years from third league to first league and they are like among top three, you know, uh, teams. It's it's unique. And he's a captain. He's a captain of the team, right? And we talk about it. And I, and I think there's a lot of things which you can bring as a leader from sport. You can bring it to the to the core because it's like you need to influence people. You need to create, you know, a relationship with 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 them. You need to understand who they are. You need to be self. You need to be self aware, but you need to understand who they are so you can like work uh, uh, together. So I think both are, uh, you know, have, having some advantages, right? Mm -hmm. Both like the, the, the collective sport and uh, 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 the, the individual sport, absolutely. Sure. So, yeah, okay. So I'll give you a situation. So it just came up, I mean, my thoughts. So yeah. in, let's say you're in a football team, and you're the leader of the team, right? And you have a certain level of talent. Let's say Cristiano's in your team. Right. And you're the leader. Here, you know that at the end of the day, even though you have lesser talent, but you're the leader and Cristiano's in your team. Let's say Roy Keane and Cristiano Ronaldo, same team. Roy Keane, nowhere as talented, really good player, nowhere as talented as Cristiano. But then he, he helped Cristiano flourish, right? So for the collective good of the team, bring this to the corporate context where you're a leader of a team and you see this exceptional employee of yours. Won't the lead over here when it comes to promotions or making it to the top management, how, will the, how should the leader play this? Because is it, how is it in corporates? Like if, if the employee is exceptionally talented they are going to make it to the top right even if they aren't leaders as uh, compared to a real leader they still end up making it to the top so how do how do you play how do you play this situation first of all what do you need to assess is whether that you know a person is like great individual contributor but maybe having you know less uh, skills to be leader because there are people who are like typically in sales there are great you know uh, sales you know guys like selling a lot of stuff but they are very poor sales managers and very often what is happening in the organizations whoever is a good sales guy oh let's that would be great sales manager and it works like in the 50 percent of the cases okay because mm -hmm. it, it, it's a, it requires different skills if if that guy is like great individual computer uh, contributor uh, and you see a lot of you know potential to be leader then obviously it, it is good you know to help him right if he's in your organization you need to you can you know move him to lead some smaller team at the beginning you know right and and have in majority of the of the uh, large corporations we've, we've got like two programs for very talented people expo that was the kind of the entry level of the manager and then bench bench was usually if you 
got like you know skills and you know uh, uh, experience to be like country manager you would go to bench program so there are there are you know programs already like for for the which, which is which is quite good but the key is that not all individual contributors are great you know managers that's that's what you need to figure out if, if you figure out okay here's a great individual contributor and he is also like great leader. How you can figure out easily because I can be like great individual contributor doing my own, be good, you know, team player, but not necessarily like influencing other people. Mm -hmm. If there is some individual contributor and he or she is saying, hey guys, let's do that, 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 and people would follow him, that's natural leader. Okay, that's natural leader. If you are natural leader, people are, you know, coming to you, they are asking for help, they are asking for advice usually. Right. And, and, and this is it. And not all, look, I tell you what, I mean, uh, the, the, if you take some like national football teams, usually there are like 22 people, you can nominate 22 people. I will not name countries, but I have some experience. Right. Uh, usually there are like two max three, three, three people who would, you know, coach say they can be the captains. Okay. So it's like 10% only. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's more or less the same in the real life. Everybody, look, everybody wants to be manager because it's good to have like business card, I'm director, I'm manager, whatever. It's, it's, it's good pay, but it doesn't mean, you know, that I am, you know, like uh, great, you know, that I will do great job. For example, in Microsoft, we, we would, you know, pay like especially technical roles. We would pay, we would, we would, they were like managers. And there were like distinguished engineer. And that would mean like the same paying group. You would get the same, you know, money as a distinguished engineer, but you don't have a people responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah. this, this was it. And the, the same with the, I think there was a, when I was leaving, there was a sales rep four, and then there was like sales rep executive, which was, you know, higher. But again, you were having individual role. Because this is uh, this is quite important. Because as I said, it doesn't mean that if you are doing good job as an individual, you would be like good people manager. Not at all. Do companies get that wrong? Because I can talk in terms of culture in India. If you are an exceptional athlete, or if you are an exceptional student, or this thing they automatic people below you will automatically look at you as their leader even though you may not and they you know they probably disrespect people who are who are actually good man managers or people persons but and they look at people who are exceptional as their leaders and does that happen often with other uh, companies as well uh Look, it, 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 I think it's a cultural thing, right? Because sometimes in some cultures, if you have a good ratings, people look at you, and even though you don't want to lead, you know, right? right? Just have a good ratings, you may be great, you know, scientists, right? right. Uh, so people look at you, oh, that's a, that, that's a, that's a leader, right? Yeah. I think it, you as a leader, obviously, you need to be intelligent. There's no way, you know, right? So that's for sure. But you, you, know, you don't need to be the smartest person, okay? Mm -hmm. Because I tell you what a leader is doing, you know. If you are like, if you are like chairman or general manager, it doesn't matter. 
if you are like general manager, you have sales, marketing, support, services, HR, finance. You have a boxes. You have a boxes. You need to make sure that they are talking to each other. There's a great, you have in each and every box, you have a best guy using the strengths, you know, create synergy among those, you know, boxes, but you are general manager. So you need to have a general skills. It doesn't mean that you have a best skills in sales, best skills in marketing by chance, because I was doing whole life sales and marketing. I usually got a very strong sales and marketing skills, but support services. I've never, I was like my, I was never, you know, running it. It was always reporting to me. I knew what is it and exactly, but, but my guy, like, you know, director for, you know, public, uh, sorry, for the, uh, uh, support was better than me in support for sure mm -hmm. you know right so th this is it and that that's also one thing if you wanted to be manager and if you wanted to really be, be really general manager big guy you need to basically at some point to decide that you will lose your you know deep experience in some of those boxes because mm -hmm. you are a general guy right? right you need to know how to influence people you need to know how to uh, you know uh, represent like my job when I was a chairman, 60% of the time I spent externally representing Microsoft towards the customers, towards the media, towards the European Commission, you know, right? I was like part of the team for two years. We settled the case with the European Commission, right? And and, and so you, you you work with the media. So it, it is a different from like being just sales manager or marketing manager or running some segment or like small and medium business or enterprise business, right? So you, you need to really figure out what you want to do in your life. I caution, everybody, I caution everybody, figure out whether you really, what you want, you know, and if you want to be people manager in what field, because you can easily, you can be like VP for marketing. So you still have a deep knowledge and you have a large organization, but once you go general, you will lose the, that, you know, knowledge and experience in each and every box. That's for sure. You are paid to put you know, those, those boxes together, put people together, inspire them, have a synergy in the team and move on, yeah. Mm -hmm. Interesting, it's um, wonderful insights. What were some of the qualities that you feel you didn't work on? Even though you reached the top management, what were some of the things, like I know you mentioned recovery, but it is hard to actually put things in this way because you, you are the chairman of Microsoft Europe is hardly, you know, positions you can go ahead of that. Right? It's very few. So, but even then, like what were some of the things you did wrong or you could have done better? Okay. No, for sure. Uh, first of all, what I, what I did well, I, I think I'm really deeply self-aware, which means like I know who I am. It's like process. I'm not saying I, you know, I'm, it's like learning every day a bit, you know, better because this is what I did with, you know, uh, uh, my team in Central and Eastern Europe basically started to use Gallup Strengths Finder. And that's the tool which will show you like five most important talents you have mm -hmm. and you are building on it. So what do we took? We took like, job description of each and every person and those are this is who you are and how you can use who you are in what you need to do right and that, that, that was the same with me so 
and my my you know top talents are like maximizer which means like i'm demanding you know right on my own on, from the other people strategic strategic thinking communication then futuristic the visionary you know and activator i'm the guy who is really like you know pushing a lot of energy that those are the strengths now let's talk about they call it less strengths or we can call it weaknesses uh and then again i i don't think i would work for what i wish you have done differently would be really that you know recovery but i'm like i'm not very detailed guy you know i like for example i like to play with the numbers like with pivot table in excel right but i'm not in general if i need to do many details or write something it's really like i'm dying you know right Mm -hmm. So in, in, in fact, all my books are done like I'm talking and somebody's editing my talk. This is it. And it's it, and there are obviously somebody who's doing like illustration pictures and so on. It works very nicely. And it's the same. And now it's the same. Like, or if I need to do some article for some, you know, press or whatever, the same thing. I'm like talking to my iPhone, sending it. Somebody's, you know, editing it, right? So th this is for sure something which which is not me. Like I'm not that guy like writing. Or, you know, I, I, I am good thinker, putting, you know, stuff together, right? Creating the concept, but not, you know, on details. That's number one. Then I think I'm, I'm great in like strategy and futuristic. Simply, you know, have a vision, figure out how to get there, make other people crazy, you know, to move them. But then there needs to be some COO, who would finish their job. I don't like, I'm, I'm not best. Uh, I am like activator, but I'm not, you know, like executor. Once it's like repeating the same thing, mm. I'm getting bored. Right. right. And it's good to know whenever I've got, you know, somebody like who was complimentary to me, kind of the COO job, it was always guy who would do like finishing the things and more, you know, detail oriented. Yeah. And that, that would be it probably. Yeah. And then the other thing, I am empathical, but it's a it is a different, you know, empathy. I'm not empathic like on the on the first, you know, view. Hey, I'm empathic. Somebody would tell me something. No, I need to know that person for some time. Mm -hmm. But then I'm very empathic. Right. Yeah. They call it related. Roger Federer is having the same. You need to know the other people a, a bit a, a bit more. And then you are like deeply empathic. Right. So, but, but I'm not, not like in a very broad sense, empathic, like first meeting and somebody would tell me something and I would, you know, cry or whatever. That's probably, that's not me. Mm -hmm. After, you know, some time, if I know the other person, then it's, it's, a, it's a deep empathy. Sure. Sure. So to follow up to this question, right. this is for sports and the corporate uh, context. You mentioned some of these weaknesses, right? but you obviously had a lot of strengths. So in sports in general, even though you have weaknesses, you'd still want to, you know, work on them. Even though you have like, if you have, let's say in football, you're really good at, if you're a midfielder, you're really good at, you know, finding the right players, but your defense sure. isn't really that good. You'd still want to work on them, right? Do you feel that you need to work on your weaknesses? Or do you focus uh, on your strengths? Very, um, very good question. Very good question. You can work a bit on your weaknesses, but your weaknesses will never move you to the flow. It's only strengths. 
which mm. will move you to the flow where you are getting the best performance you know right so what you can do you can do like 90% you know making sure that you are still training your strengths and 10% working on the weaknesses or maybe 80 20 but it should not be like a lot of you know coaches are saying keep where you are good and work a lot on your weaknesses what is happening in your brain if you are not training your strengths in fact those synapses which are connecting your you know uh, which are like representing that the talent and the strengths are, are connecting your neurons are getting disconnected it's called neuroplasticity your brain will get rewired so you still need to train even the strengths you know right mm -hmm. uh, that that that's for sure you can still work a bit on the weaknesses but it should not be like 90% weaknesses time wise and 10% strengths no you know right so that that that, that would be you know mistake but for sure you know you can you you can you can do that and sometimes it's not really look weakness is something which is getting energy from you strength is giving you energy sometimes what we quote quote think it's a weakness it's the talent which is not developed yet to the strengths you know right mm -hmm. because if you think about it strengths equals talent this is like you know uh, genetic information from the previous generations multiply by the training by that effort you know right this is it right so and if you if you train a lot then those you know synapses are created you mentioned you know cristiano ronaldo a couple of times the reason why he's so good he can play when juventus is losing or winning doesn't matter he is still playing because he is here and now because it's so strong in the brain in fact what is happening in brain so-called myelin is created those synapses are connected in a very strong way and, and and the myelin means like taping those two synapses together what does it mean you can play in his case under very tough mental conditions and you can be very fast with that activity those two things are happening if, if the myelin is uh, created and because he is doing some of his tricks since four years old, you know, right? He is a, he is a great, you know, uh, great football player, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Sure, great. All right, so athletes who you you must might have seen there are a lot of athletes who I mean even this is obviously with the corporate context as well. So you see a lot of people working extremely hard and really hard, you know, they do whatever it takes, but then there's, they somehow for whatever reasons don't really make it. What is that a mental thing? Is that luck? Does luck play a factor or is it just a, some amount of talent just isn't there? Why is it that a lot of people who, yeah, a lot of people learn, a lot of people work really hard. They have this growth mindset, but then there's so many, some for different factors, they just don't make it in, in terms of where they want it to be. Right. Yeah. What is the, look, yeah, yeah. Look, when the, uh, when we are, you know, born, we have hundred billion brain cells, right. And those are called neurons and those neurons are getting connected based on what we are living through experience what they are you know telling us like parents school etc right and everything is captured in long-term memory okay and some of those which means like 90 percent of your thoughts are you know programs right 
you can you know reprogram yourself but it takes different you know thinking different environment and stuff like it's it's called neuroplasticity neuroplasticity is your ability to rewire your brain based on new conditions basically right so if if you are for example you know uh, very nervous all the time during the game or you know very stressed or whatever you know you need to step by step to work on your you know mental toughness okay mm -hmm. And mental toughness, if I work with athletes, it's about three things. It's your body, your breath, and your mind, okay? Body, like, if you, if, for example, if you are, like, soccer player, and you are, and they, you, you go with, the, with your team to play, and your head is down, and your neck is down, that means that, you know, like, this is the, the body language, and your brain will read it like, hey, this is going to be tough, and I'm probably, I'm probably losing, I will not score, whatever negativity right so it's like you know a lot of cortisol is released which is stress hormone on the other hand if you stay like that it's called power posing your you know uh, testosterone goes up by 18 percent and cortisol 16 percent down so one third of your performance you can influence by your body now on the on the breath very often before again game you are like if you are nervous you, you're breathing here in a very shallow way once you will move your diaphragm you're like Breathe in, breathe out, uh, right? You are cooling, you know, down. You are initiating what we call parasympathicus, uh, parasympathicus nerve system. You are like cooling down. And the third is mind. If your mind is like, I, I should not, you know, lose whatever. No. If if you have a different thought, you know, right? You, you can have one moment, only one thought. Then you know uh, you 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 will be fine. So what you can do, for example, before the game, you can do this. I make it. I make it. I make it right breath you know body and i make it the, the mantra uh, this is called mental jingle for example u.s navy is doing it a lot of you know it's like if you if you think about you know what the new zealand the rugby players are doing you know haka does the same thing dancing breathing shouting you know right uh, this is it so it, 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 you can play with it but those are like three important you know uh, parameters and plus really to start to work, whatever is your, your subconsciousness is there, you know, right? But if you can, you know, because you can use your imagination to rewire those bad experiences, whether you lost or whatever. I'll give you one example. Two years ago, one and a half year ago, uh, Simona Halep, she won over Williams, you know, right? In the, in the final of Wimbledon. And uh, her score was nine, uh, nine times... Simona Halep one, okay? And she said, when I lost, I, I look at it once because I did the same mistake, but I was still looking on that, you know, winning match. What I, how should I play? This is it. This is what she was pushing, pu pushing into the subconsciousness. So if you will really do like, you know, whatever you will have in your life, you will do remind good thing, repair what was going well, and imagine at some point you will rewire your you know brain because funny thing is that if you are nervous it's not based on reality it's based on what is sitting in your long-term you know memory right it's not based on reality in the past right amygdala because if there, if there was some like lions tigers amygdala was telling you if you have a weapons and and and, and basically power fight if you don't have a weapons, flee, you know, escape. And if, if you don't have anything, 
just you know hide somewhere freeze okay but then at that time it was real you know danger for you mm -hmm. real natural danger today stress is coming from artificial things like i'm not good enough i'm not great enough i'm losing whatever but it it, it will not cost you your life but evolution is basically uh, bringing that you know even though it's like i'm you know afraid to lose but like you know physiological uh, you know impact is the same like stress you know 100,000 years ago basically fight or fight fighting for your life a lot of cortisol is uh, you know released and the, the interesting thing is that you know uh, the um, acute stress if you have a good you know rest afterwards acute stress is good because adrenaline is released and it's and then you have a like uh, then you have a uh, you know time to have a recovery you are getting better right that's why nietzsche was saying whatever is not killing you is strengthening you mm -hmm. what is killing us it's chronic stress is mm -hmm. if, if this is like continuous a lot of cortisol is released and then obviously for example my you know uh uh, uh, my stressful experience with the depression started. I had a problem with my stomach and my back, which means that, you know, that mental pain somatized in your body, right? Through the, the cortisol. Because cortisol, again, short term is okay if you have a rest, but long term, if it's, it continues, that, that's, that's not good. And that's the same in, that's the same in, in sport, right? And it, I think if, if, you know, athletes, realize that it's really about you know being here and now being in the present moment you know right uh, then and so this is the winning you know uh, this is a winning strategy absolutely right so when you talk about adrenaline right being an athlete yourself and you know training athletes you know that when you motivate people and you give them confidence there's an immediate spring in their step when it comes to training immediately so if you give them a, a pep talk a motivational talk right before the session you see them putting in that extra 20 percent effort 30 percent effort right and they're able to maintain that for a bit they get that rush now bring it to the corporate context how do you make them how do you motivate them to do things where they aren't going to get that instant satisfaction? Okay. Uh, look, I, I tell you how it works. You know, uh, inspiration means in spirit, right? If you know who they are, and that's what I knew because they did that, you know, strengths finder test, the, the chances are that we set up the, the job in the way they really, you know, like it, right? That's one thing. They, if they start to believe in what you believe, you know, right? They are not, they were not getting any medals, but obviously they were getting like salary increase and bonus and whatever, you know, right? That's one element. Then the second element is uh, the team flow. Because if, imagine, if you are able as a corporate leader to make sure that everybody, he or she is like, you know, using the best skills and they are in the flow, individual flow, and you put them like, there's a synergy that, you know, my talents are, you know, covering your weaknesses and the other way around. So there's, there's a lot of synergy. Uh, then, uh, then, you know, uh, there is a team flow 
you know, right? And then a lot of serotonin and oxytocin is released and people really feel it good, okay? Then, for example, what was great in Microsoft was recently getting some questions. They said, well, it's a huge organization. How comes that people were really kind of anxious to work and, you know, proactive and actively engaged and so, and so on? And I said, it, it has to do with, uh, with Bill Gates because since he created, since Microsoft was very small, he always was taking care of the fact that we should be in the small teams, not the, not the huge teams. And if you are in the small team, you see the impact of your work immediately. You, you know what I mean, right? Mm. If you are in the large team, you are like on the on the on a small wheel, and it's hard to see it. But if your team is, for example, uh, responsible for that, 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 and hey, Jan is responsible for this, it's great, and you feel it immediately. It's good for you, and then obviously dopamine is released, and dopamine is like the the chemical which is which is like reward chemical helping you because you are like rewarded for what you did. But you have this, you know, appetite to continue. That's what you ask for. You have this appetite, you know, to continue, right? Okay, that's interesting. Okay, so yeah, setting up smaller teams so that they get instant. I mean, they're able to get that immediate sense of, you know, success. You have, yeah, you know, one of the one of the things for flow is that you need to get immediate feedback. Okay, if you like, if look. If Federer is playing in the flow and it's going very well, he's getting immediate feedback. Okay. Right. If, if the if, if the piano, you know, player is you know playing, he's getting immediate feedback, right? And it does the same in the with the with the other activities. And if you are in the small team, again, you're getting immediate feedback, you know. Mm. Great. All right. So you've worked with the top Olympic athletes who are at the they're the 0.01% in their sport, in their field. Right. You've interacted with top executives or like yourself at the same mm-hmm. level. Right. What coaching do they need? <laughs> I tell you what, this is, this is very interesting, you know, right? Uh, there's a difference between coach and mentor, Okay. As a coach, I'm asking a lot of hopefully smart questions, but I'm not having in my mind any, you know, answer, right? And through those questions, right, I tell you, I'm using one original, originally that method is from, you know, uh, one of the uh, coaches and before he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, racing in the, uh, uh, in the car, you know, racing, John Whitmore is the name of the guy. Uh, and I, I, you know, shape it up a little bit, his method. It's called you grow, okay? In you, I try to figure out what is the uniqueness of the other person. What is inspire him or her, you know, right? What are the strengths and so on. Then we go, if you, if you understand, it's like a self-awareness exercise, if you will, okay? Then we go, what is your goal? What is the goal of this session? What do you want to solve? What is the goal, Okay. Then we go to the reality. Reality is like SWOT, you know, analysis, right? What is your reality? Like in your job, family, whatever, you know. I is reality. O means options. What are the strategic options? What we can do? And W means what is your will? Like what you will, you know, do, right? So that's the, that's the coaching. Coach is basically like pulling information from that person. If I would coach you, I'm pulling, it's sitting in you and I'm helping you with the, with the questions. 
mentor, usually they are like, okay, those are a couple of things which we figured out by the coaching, but tell me if you would sit in my position, what you would do? That's mentoring. I'm giving you, I'm like, that's the push. I'm pushing you the information, right? So um, this is it. So usually uh, those are, you know, different things. We are solving like with my, one of my bankers, you know, how to get more young people uh, like to, you know, make sure they have a bank accounts in the bank, you know, in their bank, you know, right? Uh, right. Then, then obviously like the, the personal leadership style, right? In some companies, it's like how to set up the, uh, like the company scorecard, you know, what to do in terms of the, you know, uh, inspirational and motivational programs with the, uh, with the people, so it's it's it is different in each and every in each and every you know position. The truth is, I'm using a lot in my coaching and mentoring what I learn in Microsoft, but also what I learn in in sport with, from those athletes, because they are you know what they are competing. I have like you know a couple of Olympic games winners and you know uh, the world champions, and they are competing with the best people in the world. Obviously, I was competing with the best people in the world, right? In, in terms of the enterprise, but those guys, and I have like 22 different sports, you know, it's a lot, you know, right? So you like, you figure out that winning, you know, mindset, well, what is it really, right? In the different, you know, sports, in, in the different areas. It, 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 this is great, you know, right? Because uh, uh, people, majority of the executives in enterprise, they like comparisons with the sport, you know, right? That's... Mm. Uh, you know that really they they like it you know right because it's obviously kind of okay we need to push and you know right sure so as a coach as a mentor when it comes to first impressions do you when suppose you go to the tennis court or you go to the any, any sport that you're working with do you see talent do you see athletes and through your obviously you, you have years of experience dealing with people you know working with people you see their traits you've built that experience do you just can you see people and tell them straight that oh he's going to make it or she's going to make it and he, they have the quality and uh, this person shouldn't even try can you are you able to do that or do you feel that any person regardless of how they they are at that point in time has the potential to really do well in their field? A very interesting question. You know, the, the people I have are usually really top, 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 you know, right? And so if we talk about the potential, I think everybody got got a potential. But then um, because the way how I coach people, I like, I try at the first two sessions to really figure out who they are so they can understand who, who I am, you know, right? So I can understand what is the view of the world, you know, what are like the maps of the world and the brain and, and so on. And then we are trying always solve concrete situations from the, for example, Patrick Schick, if he's like scoring or not scoring concrete, you know, a situation. What if they are competing, they need to tell me, hey, this was the situation at the field and it was the situation in my brain, you know, right? Like what is what was happening in the in the brain, you know, to make sure that we, we know what we are talking about. So we are, you know, trying to solve concrete situations based on their natural talents, what they, what they have in this, you know, Gallup test. 
And then like every time, because I have like 200 different techniques for the mental toughness. So every time I try to, you know, give them another techniques, you know, right? Because I, I think it's like Chinese menu. I'm giving them the menu, okay? And they need to pick up what is best for them because they know it's not like, I can understand them quite well, I think, but they they understand best themselves, you know, right? So it's really like, what is what is best for them? You know, right? What, what is the, the, the best? And then it really depends, you know, what, uh, how they use it. I mean, now over the weekend, you know, Sasha Shupenic, he was like, he won this Olympic qualification in fencing and it was so tough, you know, competition, right? And he still, you know, made it. And, you know, fencing, it's a lot about, you know, your brain, about your mental toughness. But again, I can say that that guy, since they announced there is no Olympic Games, you know, last year, he was, he was not happy, obviously, right? But since that time, he worked so hard, you know, right? Uh, both like mentally and physically, right? That, uh, yeah, and, and he felt like, hey, I'm gonna, I did, I did everything, you know, what was necessary to do. And, and he won, which is, which is fantastic, right? So, you know, uh, you need to, I, I guess, you know, uh, another lady, Veronica, she won, you know, she won European, again, in fencing, European championship, and she won uh, for the whole year, uh, the World Cup, you know, in fencing, right? So that, 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 that's another, you know, right? So uh, it, it, the, if athletes are able to figure out, hey, it's probably like 50% my physicality, my physiology, <laughs> and 50% my psychology. Some people like, uh, you know, Stephen Kotler, who is probably now number one for the flow and what we know about the flow, He's saying it's like 90%, you know, physio psychology and only 10% physiology. But anyway, right, the psychology, the, the mental toughness is very, very important, you know, right? And you can, even like when I, when I work with uh, people, like with business people, I'm telling them, watch what Ronaldo is doing. Because Ronaldo, can, you can learn in, from, from Ronaldo. And you can apply it in the business. Absolutely. The way he trains, you know, the, the way how he's doing, or Rafael Nadal. I mean, Rafael Nadal is so good because he's able to even train in the flow. He's so tough with himself in the training. That's why he's, you know, that good. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Great. So, Jan, I will not want to take more of your time, but I do have one or two more questions. Sure. Um, if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so I was just doing some background research and you mentioned managing energy and not time. Yeah. Could you please elaborate on that? What exactly you mean by that? Okay. Just make a couple of photos. Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, I will, yeah, because time is important, but time is like external, you know, thing. Time is external to you, right? Uh, you, what you need to manage is your, you know, energy inside of the time, okay? And we have like four energies. How will, how will you use your energy? Because, you know, time as such is finite. Your energy, you need to renew the energy, right? And we have like four energies, 
physical, that's your body, emotional, you know, emotions, mental, our ability to concentrate, and spiritual, which means like having a meaning in your life, right? And you need to like spend energy, renew energy, spend energy, renew energy, right? Uh, stuff like that. This is why, you know, right? You need to still, obviously, you, I, I, I'll be now more concrete. For example, if you know that you are so-called, you know, early riser person, you have a lot of energy in the morning, those things like our, you know, interview or some creative thing, you should plan in the morning, okay? If it's the other way around, if, if you are over, you know, in the morning, you are like slow, you know, it's better to do some like repetitive task and, you know, creativity to do in the afternoon, right? This is how you work with the energy. And more and more, you are able to work with your energy, you are getting better, both in sport and in, in the business. Right, right. Okay, that's energy. And the other thing you spoke about is creating a vision. So this vision, you know, when people talk about it, it seems very vague in terms of like, right. you're thinking, you can't really quantify it. So uh, is there like a step-by-step -step process or how do you yeah. quantify yeah. something like right. creating a vision? Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, there is a, a lot of materials around creating visions and finding purpose in my book, the, the positive leader, which I wrote with my great colleague, uh, Melina Costi. She's a British business writer. Uh, yeah. I tell you what uh, vision, why vision works at all, you know, right. Because, you know, human beings can memorize the future. You can say memorizing the future, what does it mean? Yeah, you can. Because the vision is the picture of the world, which does not exist yet, but you believe in that picture. And that's, that's captured in your long-term memory. So if you visualize for, you know, many weeks and maybe years that you are going to win Olympic Games and you train very hard, then you train also your subconsciousness, your long-term memory to like, whenever you are in those situations to be, it's like internal dialogue. It's a similar, like the pep talk, you know, similar thing. It's a, it's a similar thing, right? So now what is, what is clear? If you are like in corporate and you are, you are visionary either, right? If you create a vision and you believe in that vision, even though it's not existing yet, and you inspire people so that they will start to believe in what you believe, then they will move them out of the comfort zone and they will follow you. Those, those are the visions like computer at every desk, Bill Gates, or Steve Jobs, I challenge status quo, okay? Why would you pay 25 songs if you listen only two songs, you know, right? And people like, because our brain likes progress, right? And it, it doesn't matter whether you, you see it only like you can visualize it, you know, right? Or it's in, you know, reality. But then step by step, if you go step by step, it's becoming reality, right? Sun Tzu, uh, you know, he was saying that first you need to win your battle in your brain and then you go and you win it on the, on the battlefield, right? And this is it. This is it exactly, you know, right? Because once you are able to visualize what you want to happen, and you do it, you know, often, and you remind it to the to the people. It's gonna to happen. I remember, you know, we were playing when I was running Central Eastern Europe. We were like playing with the uh, with the idea if we will do like half billion, it will be like uh, Mont Blanc, the biggest, you know, mountain in 
Europe and one billion it's Mount Everest, you know, right? So whenever, you know, whenever they see like Mount Everest, we will play with that, you know, right? Because we, we, we basically invited, there's a guy, uh, his name is Reinhold Messner, and he did Mount Everest for the first time in the human history without the oxygen bomb, right? So we invited him and he was talking to us and it was like symbolic, you know, right? It's Mont Blanc and, you know, Mount Everest. So yeah, that, that's how you can work with, uh, with, uh, with the vision, definitely. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. I want to know this. When you talk about, when you talk about the brain and all these things that you've, you know, spoken about, Right. Was were you learning these things throughout your career, or or is it that at the end of you know your journey with Microsoft, you started reading about this, and then you realized that oh, you were doing these things, and yeah, you're being I, able to relate it to it. I I was I was reading and learning a lot, and I, I did you know uh, I learned I had a chance to learn from the best people, so I was learning a lot. Now obviously I have even more chance you know, to learn because of the YouTube and everything, you know, so I do a lot of, you know, online and I, and I, I speak with like with Michael Jervis, we did a couple of sessions here at, uh, you know, Clubhouse, right? So, but I learn on the continuous, you know, basis and basically what I try to do, whatever is my real experience, I try to build some structure based on, you know, theory around it, right? So it, it was like continuous, you know, step-by-step -step learning and I learned, obviously, also not only through my good experience, but also through that experience when I was, you know, depressed. Uh, mm -hmm. You learn a lot when what how your brain is working. And then you can, you know, so I was like, I have everything. I remember everything, everything bad, what was happening. And then if you read, basically, or somebody is talking about it, you can immediately put the, the, the those thoughts, you know, together. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and again, you know, if you are like top athlete and you qualify for the Olympic Games and, you know, you were among top three and suddenly, you know, you lost, you know, the chances are you will not be like totally depressed, but it'd be like mini depression. And I think I can, you know, help those guys like right. how to avoid it, you know, right. And, and, and stuff like that. So it, it is, uh, I would say it's continuous because I'm very curious, you know, I'm like, learning all the time perfect perfect so um jan why don't you tell our listeners about your books and uh, your the things you work on your work you did mention a bit in at the beginning but why don't you tell them about your books and what you're working on yeah. right now right yeah uh i have a first book which is like bestseller in seven languages it's called the positive leader where I talk about the four piece of the uh, positive leader. And by positive leader, I don't mean only like leading huge teams. I mean like for, you know, about the self-awareness, leading yourself. It's like positive people, which means like you need to figure out who you are, who are the other people. That's first piece. Positive purpose to find meaning in your life. If you know who you are and you find your positive purpose, then, then is the third P and that's the positive uh, process, which are like those four energies where you like put those four energies behind your purpose, right? And the last P is like positive place, which says that there should be, you know, in your life balance between happiness and success, you know, right? Those are the, the, the four, four, you know, uh, P's. And even at some, 
you know, schools like in Luxembourg business schools, uh, they are teaching according to that, you know, book, you know, right? So it's a, it's a good book also for the, to create your own seminars. Uh, then the second book, it's Unlocking Children's Potential, which is tra translated in English now and it will be published in English, you know, right? That's for the uh, mainly used by parents and teachers and the kids, obviously, but now very heavily used also by the kids coaches in sport, you know, so those, this, is, this is very modern way how your, your brain of the child is working and what to do, you know, right? Uh, then I have a uh, different, you know, programs in English, like unlocking uh, human potential, unlocking team potential, unlocking children potential, iron mind, you know, right? That, that's another one. How to create winning teams, with, which is with the former uh, captain of the Czech basketball team. They were six uh, last year. And with David Svoboda, that's the, that's the Olympic Games winner in, in um, uh, modern pentathlon. We created this, you know, iron mind. And I teach also about the personal brand, of course, uh, like uh, those, those are the things. And I do like, you know, personal coaching or I coach, you know, teams and the companies and everything. Everything you will find. I'm very heavy on Clubhouse where I do rooms in Czech and in English, you know, right? On LinkedIn, people will find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and, uh, and on Instagram. And uh, there's a web page, which is again in English and in Czech language www.janmuhlefate.com you know you can you 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 know where is it you can put it there so yeah this is it yeah this is a, they can easily you know google me no problem perfect perfect yeah i mean i googled you and uh, uh yeah so all the links will be in the description and for all the the books the your programs your website your your social media handles uh, everything will be there so anybody who wants to uh, you know, reach out to you can do so. Jan, oh my God, thank you so much. It has re really, really appreciate your time. Um, uh, it's, I, I feel, I think it's the longest podcast we've done. I had too many questions to <laughs> you ask. Know, see, I was doing recently, I was doing, I was asked by the, the you know, Olympics, International Olympic Games Committee, they have like section for the youth, you know, right? And, uh, they uh, they said we are gonna to do like half an hour interview with you like the podcast it was again one and a half hour and they said we will do three pieces <laughs> yeah yeah there's so many interesting things to learn and so many things to ask so i mean you've yeah. been in the sports and the corporate field so it's a very unique thing so it's um, yeah. had so yeah, many things to us yeah. And let's work together. Maybe we can, you know, figure out how we can, you know, cooperate with some, you know, athletes and with some businesses in India. Absolutely. Now everything is, you know, online, so it's easy. It's then, like you sitting, uh, you sitting in the other room, you know, right? So. Right. Okay. Definitely. Thank, thank you. you. Please stay back uh, after the recording. And. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Thank you, Jan. And please do thank come you. back for another podcast, maybe six months down the line. No, um, sure. Yeah. And thanks. Thanks everybody for you know listening and all the best. Thank you.